Excuse me, sir. I'm looking for a job. I'm a hard worker. I set high goals. My motto is, if you want to win the lottery, you have to make the money to buy a ticket. So what do you say? I could start tomorrow or even why not tonight? No, I'm not hiring. We're first! Go around, get a shot inside the car! Hey, back away. I got it, I'm back, I'm back. Will this be on television? Morning news, if it bleeds, it leads. Are you currently hiring? I'm starting a TV news business. You, get back! I film breaking stories. Maybe you saw my item this morning, you were fatal carjacking. No, I mean, I don't have a TV. Do you have a cell phone? Yeah. Does that have GPS? Yeah. Congratulations, you're hired. Okay. We're taking the next right. Good, stupid! Repeat the police. I will never ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Excuse me, I have something you'll be very excited about. You have a good eye. I want you to contact me when you have something. Something like this. Think of our newscast as a screaming woman running down the street with her throat cut. You will be seeing me again. Any unit, residential 211. A home invasion. Call the cops. And we will at the right time. But I don't know what to do. We're gonna find the person that drove that car. Start filming. I'm Detective Fonieri. I think you withheld information. That would be a very unprofessional thing for me to do. It would be murder. I want what you promised me. I want something people can't turn away from. 911, what's your emergency? Hello, welcome to Movie Umbers. I am Bob Sheehan. I am Angela. <laughs> and uh, our theme this month... Oh, the sounds you hear may be dogs. Yeah, definitely. It probably will be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our theme this <laughs> month, the asshole on film. Movies exploring... Where central characters are fucking assholes. It's been a fun uh, subject this month, and we watched some damn fine movies That's what here. I was about to say. Another month of good ass movies. There have been some really amazing movies. Maybe every movie should have a giant asshole at the center of it. Maybe. I mean, this one we're about to talk about. Whew. It's pretty good. Whew. Pretty good. Yeah. And this movie has been uh, came out in uh, 2014, and has become a cult. Hit I've always over wanted time. It's to just, see it. It's kind of one that has uh, kind of lingered for people who have seen it before. Yeah, yeah. It just passes by somehow. Yeah, we've been wanting to see this for a minute. I remember the trailers back in the day, the promotional images. There's one promotional image that looks like the, like this movie set in the Drive universe or something. Like yeah. This guy is like the character from Drive if he was an ambulance chaser or some shit like that. Which is not really... Uh, what you'd get from it, because that might imply that there's some swag coming out of this main character as played by Jake Gyllenhaal. But no, it's just straight up stone cold sociopathy. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the 2014 film Nightcrawler directed by Dan Gilroy, written by Dan Gilroy, also starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, who was big on the production, put a lot of 
a lot of effort into getting this thing made and done. Rene Russo is pretty Amazing. great in this. Riz Ahmed, Ooh. the late Bill Paxton, and Michael Hyatt. Who's Michael Hyatt? She was the detective. Oh, yes. It is a lady. I'm starting to see women called Michael more often lately. The yeah, last that's interesting. Uh, I had to double check that, like, who was Michael Hyatt? Yeah. It was that lady. But yes, Nightcrawler, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Is an asshole, a giant asshole, one of our biggest ones. I think yeah. all, so far only the guy from Sword of Doom, just because he's a straight up killer. Yeah, that's the only might guy that's be the higher. biggest asshole. Because that guy got like a one hundred on the one to ten scale. <laughs> yeah, <And> he <laughs> broke. He broke the ten scale. But Dylan Hall's a ten. He absolutely is. He's a ten without directly killing someone, though he does. He- manufactures death he conspires to get people this guy like i'm kind of fascinated like gyllenhaal plays this dude so cold it's so interesting because you know gyllenhaal he's a good looking guy right yeah now we all know people in our lives if this person wasn't so creepy and weird he'd be they'd be fuckable men or women right you, 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 we all know everyone. I thought of guys, but okay. Well, I just want to keep it. There's women like that too. There are women and men. Can you imagine? Like, we know these people yeah. that, that like on the surface, they're like, oh, they look really good. They're very attractive. And then you're with them for five minutes and you're like, good no. God, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. Please, God, Something please. Something is not right. I'm, I'm kind of imagining what this character would be doing now, right? And, uh-huh. I think uh, this character, uh, Lou Bloom, would be probably be spending an inordinate amount of time online. It would evolve into him giving multi-paragraph reply responses on comment threads that are criticizing like Elon Musk. Like this sure. guy would fucking love Elon Musk, right? Lou yes. Bloom and Elon. It's interesting because he does talk about he's on the computer all the time. He says at one point, I don't have a formal education, but I like to learn things. I want information. Put himself through courses. Like he's always trying to better himself. He's also very, we see his apartment quite a lot, and he's very routine and clean. Yeah. You know, like everything has a place. He waters his plant at the same time every day. You know, like there's just specific Things And he at one point even says like where he's from, but he's like, I don't know anyone there anymore. Like you get this idea that there's no one in his life at all Mm -hmm. except his plant and his computer and his television. He speaks in these self-help, business self-help, management self-help books. You know, people who always like talk in that level. So annoying, like Mm -hmm. just so detached, even just on the subject matter alone. But you can also tell that his dedication to constantly just scouring the internet to understand and focus on the things he wants and whether it just be regurgitating the same bullshit. It's kind of like the whole like fuckable conversation. Someone like that can seem smart until you start asking them questions. Yes. I don't think that he would ever be someone who... He's not like an incel, you know, who's going to like kill her because she won't fuck him. But he thinks he's smarter than everyone and he thinks he can get what he wants and should be able to get what he wants by bargaining even to fuck her. Like there's a point where he just thinks like I can talk my way into whatever I want. I'm looking for a job. In fact, I made up my mind to find a career that I can learn and grow into. Who am I? I'm a hard worker. I set high goals and I've been told that I'm persistent. 
Now, I'm not fooling myself, sir. Having been raised with the self-esteem movement so popular in schools, I used to expect my needs to be considered. But I know that today's work culture no longer caters to the job loyalty that could be promised to earlier generations. What I believe, sir, is that good things come to those who work their asses off, and that people such as yourself who reached the top of the mountain didn't just fall there. His focus on this stringer photojournalism, selling things to news companies and him getting mm-hmm. into that and pursuing that and studying it in his way and the way he pursues knowledge and the method that he does so in a bizarre way grounds him. Yeah. Because there's always that madness right in the cert- that's sociopathy, but it does seem like if he's not focusing this hard on this pursuit, then he's could probably just be a straight up serial killer. Well, at the beginning, the, how we're introduced to him is he's stealing chain link fence. Yeah, and, and so copper he's been wiring stealing, like, and copper shit. Copper wiring, chain link fence, manhole covers, and he goes to this construction site or somewhere, and he's selling this stuff. And the guy is like, they're bargaining, and he's always bargaining money. He's yeah. always asking for way more than he thinks he can get so that he can get to a, a number that's agreeable. That's what bargaining he, is, but he, he does it with everything. He's literally <laughs> the kind of guy that will cut the catalytic, catalytic converter out of your car, but he's walking around like the most Harvard business grad okay. schmuck. Yeah. And like trying to talk like that, like the Tony Robbins, all that kind of shit rolled into one. But he does also recognize when someone sees the bullshit and he doesn't continue when he knows he's lost. So so he says to that man, he tries to get a job. He's like talking himself up like, I want to be a hard worker. Like, I can do all this stuff. Like, I think you should give me um, a job. And then when the guy's like, no, I'm not going to hire you. And he's like, well, maybe I could be an intern. Like a lot of a lot of young people, which he's not that young. A lot of young people are taking internships to like start their careers. And the guy's like, I don't hire thieves. And he goes, okay. And like walks away that, because he knows he's lost at that point. That is a trait of sociopathy. They're going to try to get what you want. And when yeah. they realize that you see through them, yeah. then they're, they cannot waste another second yeah. with you. They know that they are going to move on. Yep. He comes across this accident and he parks and he just stops to observe it. Yeah, he just wants to know what's going on. And this this video van rolls up and it's Bill Paxson. And they're getting up and they're taking video of this horrible accident. Yeah. And... He's intrigued and he's asking what's going on and what's up. Well, and he's like, are you hiring? And Bill Paxton's like, like, fuck fuck no. no. And he's like, who do you work for? That He's like, I work for myself. Like, I work for the highest bidder, you know? And so he gets this idea that like, oh, well, he won't let me work with him. So I want to start doing it. He hawks some shit. Well, I'll take store credit. And if you give me that camcorder and, uh, you know. He gets a police scanner and a camcorder to start. So it's really interesting because we're watching this guy kind of learn how to do this in real time. This part was interesting where he's like on the computer looking up the police codes and he starts like listening to the scanner just to learn what things are. And he's taking notes about like which things to pay attention to and which not. And you have to learn what everything is to know what you need to respond to. Yeah. And so so he rolls up on some accident where a man, I forget what happened, but the man is like bleeding. He's hurt. Yeah. And he got shot. It was a carjacking. And he just walks up right in the middle of the... There's all these soft rules of this business. Like, there's a certain distance. You got to be at a certain way to get a certain shot. they can kick you out and they will kick you out. But you can't just lean over the fucking stretcher and be like, ugh, They're trying right? to save this man's life. Yeah. So he just comes in and they're like threatening to kick his ass. But he's learning from another guy because him doing that 
fucks over this other guy. This they call him night. They call it night crawling stringers. So so the news people call them stringers. Yeah, they call themselves night crawlers, which I thought was really interesting. It's almost like they try to give themselves like a cool name. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but it's funny because he does he does follow that man and listen to him negotiating. Yeah, with. A, a news network for the footage he got, even though it's not as good as the footage that Jake Gyllenhaal gets, mm. follows really close behind him, listening to the way that he's negotiating to get this paid for until he knows like how much he can try to charge. So he goes to this news crew or this news outlet, which is the lowest rated in Los Angeles. And he truly just walks in the front door. Walks in and they eventually are able to look at his footage and it ain't great by their standards, but they got a straight on shot. Of a man who's been shot. And it's, if it bleeds, it leads. And what Rene Russo is good at is taking this footage that's very like disjointed and cutting it in a way to go with the story so that it's usable and looks like they knew what was happening. But she does tell him, she's like, you got a lot to work on. Like, you need to be, you need a new camera, you need a light, you need all this stuff. So he hires this guy to, this poor guy who you can tell is really not, played by Riz Ahmed, uh, who, so good. um, yeah, who's gotten around? You might remember we discussed the movie Four Lions, a, a, another kind of cult, really good movie. Yes. Highly recommended. A lot of people in America might not have seen that. It's, it's really uh, good. Comes recommended, but he's like the lead in that movie. That's where we first saw him on this show. But he plays this guy who's fresh out of high school, has nothing, and like he implies that he's homeless. He said he's sleeping in a garage somewhere. Yeah. So he manages to negotiate. Thirty dollars a night. Thirty dollars a night, which for an ain't internship, which ain't shit at any point in lot for Los Angeles. But he can eat. But he's a but he's navigate. He basically navigates, and throughout the movie, Jake Gyllenhaal is just hitting him with that like managerial, like regurgitating everything he's read online about pressuring the guy and just con- communication never quite good enough but feeding him enough compliments to keep him lingered on keep like, telling him i'm gonna give you a review you'll get more money eventually yeah, yeah. but that day barely ever comes and he upgrades his car to this freaking like dope ass muscle car it's while so he's stupid well it's so he can get to places very fast but it's showy you don't need that like bright red because there's a point where riz ahmed is like you're, he, People are not going to know this is you. Like, this is noticeable. You're in a red car. I think there's a thing where more likely to get pulled over if you're yeah. in something like a red car. Absolutely. But that's like the narcissistic part of him, which is like, I need the best thing. I need the best, fastest thing. But if you are, I pointed this out when watching the movie, and I don't know the details for sure. I mean, when things go on, you got, and you're in the same vicinity that other police are going, mm-hmm. if you're chasing what's on the scanner... Uh, all the cops you see are probably going to be heading towards the same thing yeah, you are. Yeah, so they're not going to be looking so at they, you. So they don't really have time to just pull you over and, like, check your ID mm-hmm. if, unless you're doing something particularly egregious. Yeah, he drives so fast and so crazily to get to these places first because his whole thing is he wants to get there first. And at one point he does, and he ends, and he's, like, making it a point to pull, he dra- moves the body. He drags the bodies around into the headlights. And he sets it all up, and it, and he starts getting paid more and more and more by this mm-hmm. new because their ratings are going up. He's making thousands of dollars for videos. Yeah, it went from like night. it went from like two fifty. I'll get two fifty for this to like he's negotiating between three and fifteen thousand dollars. At deals. the end of the movie, the the final video that he sells is a fifteen thousand dollar video. And of course, the detectives are starting to take notice of this guy, but so far 
in terms of what they can prove and what is technically legal, he's just barely riding that line. And Bill Paxton hates him because he's getting the jump on Bill Paxton because somehow he's getting there faster because he doesn't care and he will just like risk his life to get there as fast as possible yeah. that he's undercutting, not undercutting, but he's he's getting there before so they don't have the story. And then what's Bill Paxton approaches him and is like, Listen, man, you got a good run going, but there's valleys out there. Take it from me, I've been night crawling 14 years. You heard I'm adding a second van? Oh, I didn't hear that. Gonna be a game changer. Cut my on-scene time in half. I'm setting up a dedicated dispatch too. No more listening and driving, that's for suckers. You like the Canon 305s? Never used one. Six thou a piece. 2.4 megapixels, night vision, 18 to one zoom. I got one of those puppies with your name on it. I have a camera. I want you running my second van. Two crews, half the area to cover. Now, I know what you're thinking. Half the money, right? You should be thinking twice the sales, because we're going to be the first at every scene. If I compete, we can work together. I can share my press cards, puppy dog off my police connections. This is the big move, the next level. We corner this whole thing. I'm talking about putting some heavy digits in our pocket, bro. Thank you for offering me the position, but working for myself is more in line with my skills and career goals. What I loved so much is the part where Jake Gyllenhaal is like, you're not listening to me. I'm saying no. You keep talking to me as though I'm interested and I'm not. I want to grab you. And it was so calm. He's like, I feel like grabbing you by your ears right now and screaming in your face. I'm not fucking interested. Instead, I'm going to drive home and do some accounting. Fuck you, twerp. He's so controlled, but in that moment, he just tells him, he's like, I could fucking hurt you right now. Like I said, just like on trailers and, and promotional imagery of this movie. I did not understand what this was. It implies that, may, I mean, you get that there's like some criminality yes. going on by the main character, but you think he's going to have some swag. He does not. He is stone cold. He bullies and asserts himself in a way. He has to have something that people want in order for him to be able to function in this way. And that's how he does it. Because based on just his natural interaction with human beings, no one really wants to be around him. No, and Rene Russo does seem to have this weird like attraction to him. But it's almost like because he's bringing her these videos that are making her look good. It's almost like foreplay. I think I said that to you at one point. Because there is this part at the end where it almost feels like sexual when they're talk when they're like negotiating how much to get for that last video. Yeah. But he takes her to dinner at one point. He convinces her to go to dinner and she tells him no at first and then he basically threatens her and she's like, I don't want it to mess up our like business relationship. I don't date people that I work with. And he's like, Well, I you you buy from me. We don't work together. And also, what if you jeopardize that relationship by saying no to me? He has footage because he arrived early at this place that's essentially some fucking cartel mob hit. And he rolls up to this house and he gets a beats everyone there. And he sees people getting, like, executed through the windows of the mm -hmm. house. And they get in a van and they drive off. And then he literally walks into the house and he is, like, all through it. Like, he's getting all the close-ups. At one point, he's holding it over a crib and you're like, oh, no, they killed a baby. But there's no baby. Fortunately, there's no baby. But the footage of just walking in and zooming in on the baby crib is, like, still good for that kind of mm -hmm. thing. But, of course... 
He keeps the part where he is able to identify the killers he in the keeps van. their faces on tape. But he doesn't present that. He presents him going through the house. So, and that's when he bargains like the, for that 15 grand yeah. for that cut and bargains a relationship. Like you're going to have a relationship with me. Yes. Because he did try to take her out to dinner earlier and convince her that they needed to be in a relationship and he wanted a relationship with her and she kept mm. telling him no. But yeah, at this point he's like, I want 15,000. You're going to introduce me to the producers. You're going to introduce me to the people behind the desk. You're going to be in a relationship with me. And he also knows everything so about fucked. her and her struggle in this in that gig and how because she's never been her. anywhere more than two years at a time and how he's like you need me and if and if so long as she is wants to stay relevant in her business she will do everything he she asked for but the parts in which she is getting this footage and the parts that do appeal it does like pop her, right? It yeah. does like get her excited it in does. that way. So in that scene where the news anchors are going through the footage where he's walking through the house and people that are was shot up. A really cool scene. That was super sharp. And she's like talking to him, was like, uh, say this is a safe neighborhood and that this could happen anywhere. Say again that this that this is that they're that they can't find the killers that they don't know where the killers the are. The way it was written was so brilliant because obviously they're not parroting what she's saying, but they're listening to her and incorporating it in what they're saying. I, I don't know that I've ever seen a depiction of like a news cast in that way, but you know that has to happen all the time because you've got producers telling you what to do and say unless it's like pre-scripted. But it was just it was so like smooth and it made them. It's like. Really good improv. Obviously, a big commentary on the ultra cynicism of entertainment and what and media mm -hmm. and the idea that someone this cold, this uh, unrelatable, can thrive in this kind of environment. Absolutely, they at one point have legal come in. She's like, "What can I show? What yeah. can't I show?" And they're like, "Well, you gotta at least pixelate the faces because then you're telling who the victims are if you don't." Oh, the other thing he didn't show them is one of those people was alive. Oh yeah. They died before the cops got there, but when he walked in that into that house, one of them was still breathing and he did not help them. He tried they the news reporters kept trying to say that the reason their guy got in so early is because he heard shots and he wanted to see if he could help. He keeps the information of the identities of the killers. He has their license plate and everything. And he keeps this so he can be able to drag this story out and be able to sell it out. Earlier that same night though, we just have to mention that he cut something under oh, bill paxton's right. van because he, he wanted to yeah he he hates him now and he he doesn't want because he got a he got one story before him mm. and so he was pissed about it and so yeah he he like cut his brake line and so bill paxton and the guy in his they the, wrecked his they wrecked they ran into a pole and he's and like so, all wrecked and bill paxton looks up and he sees he's him filming it just that fucking cold laser wide-eyed stare yeah, He's so that so happens creepy in this movie. the same night before he walks in. Yeah. And his eyes are like so blue and piercing and like fucking freaky. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so he, so then he has this plan that he's gonna catch the, them catching the criminals yeah, he, on tape. He's he, gonna set up the catching of criminals. And Riz Ahmed, he, who's been working uh, very hard for him every night and improving uh, for like $30 a night, very timidly tries to renegotiate. Like how much he's making. And then he's, but he kind of, but he just doesn't know much about the business. And, 
it's all rigged against him and his boss is a sociopath. So his boss is like, how much do you want? And he could have probably said like three grand a night or something like that. I think he could have. He started to say 500, which is what he should have said. Yeah. He goes, five. One, 500 would have been good too. 75? He says $75. And he goes, done. Negotiations closed. And, it, and he goes, I could have gotten more, right? And he's like, yes, yes you could have. Yes, you could have. But negotiations are closed. But they're sitting outside of this uh, area waiting for these killers. Like straight up killers. And he's supposed to be going around and getting shots at the certain at certain angles when things go. And this guy's freaking out. And he's like, look, I want to renegotiate again. I want half yeah. of what you get from this video Because tonight. the plan is we're going to follow these killers until they're somewhere that's like a better neighborhood. Because part of what Rene Russo keeps telling this him is, is it has to be in certain areas with certain kinds of victims. And so he wants to wait till they're in a better area. And then he's going to call it in and tell the police, like, I see these guys. So that he can then get it on tape it's of them getting arrested. Very pointed class issue. They don't they don't care about a carjacking in Compton. Yeah. But a shooting in uh, like a nice neighborhood. And later they find find out that the motivation of the killing was drug dealer related yeah, which provides a, a very shit. specific motive which would probably make the rest of the neighborhood feel a little safer it's not just some random but they bury that fact and just keep pushing it like someone just randomly broke in and just she want, killed because it's better people. tv for everyone to be afraid because they're going to keep tuning in to find out if these guys have been caught that's what she because otherwise people are like well i'm not in a fucking Drug cartel or anything. Exactly. No fun. one's going to come looking for me. I'm not doing drugs. So Riz Ahmed renegotiates and he does agree to get half. And then they go up to this Chinese restaurant where they track the dudes. And then he calls the police, says everything they need to do to trigger. And he's like, I think these are the guys that did the shooting at the house. Also, I... they're armed. And the men were armed. Yeah. But he didn't but really know that for sure. He didn't know that for sure. And Riz, no. and Riz Ahmed, I forget his, the character's name, he's like, there's like six people in there. And then he's telling them, like, you need to go out and you need to go across the street over to that corner and get some good shots. And he's like, resisting and resisting. He's like, I don't want to get out of the car. And he essentially says, I'm going to physically hurt you. If you don't go do this. If Because you're going against the deals that we made together. So the so he goes out there, and sure enough, cops show up, and these guys Shoot start out. shooting, and people are dying, dying. One of the guys gets in his car, and there's a chase. The chase. This chase scene's pretty dope. Like yeah. the way it was filmed, it's actually really fucking good. And Riz Ahmed is back in the car, and they're chasing the car chase. And I mean, they're like less than a car length away up the ass of this like, cop chasing back up, this back up we're too close yeah and it's wild like the cop car ends up flipping and the other car flips and they have a bad wreck and he kind of floats through like a fucking ghost gets in between him and, and he, he parks and he kind of scouts the area and then he tells his partner go over there and get a shot in that van he goes he goes he's dead come get a shot yeah yeah so riz Ahmed goes over there the guy is not dead the guy yeah. shoots riz like six times and he baited him into death. Yeah. Then he gets out and then the police comes and, and shoots him. And so he's gotten on camera his employee. I'm not going to say friend because he's not his employee getting shot. And then the man getting shot by the cop. And he he gets all of that. And then he walks over to Riz Ahmed and is still like filming him alive laying on the ground. And it is fucked. Yeah. And he talks to him. He saw him. I can't jeopardize my company's success 
to retain an untrustworthy employee. You're crazy. You're crazy. You took my bargaining power, Rick. You used it against me. You would have done it again. Just admit it. I don't know. I don't know. I know. motherfucker yeah he he didn't want to give him half of that money so he instead got a better video so he gets to prevent prevent present extremely dramatic footage to this news company of his own partner dying so it looks like he lost something personal in the process the detectives are not buying it the lady it sits in a room with him basically tells her everything that she thinks that he's actually been doing which is 100% true, but she has no proof of it. Mm-hmm. What's fucked up is, like, the movie doesn't end on some resolution in the sense of no one's going to get their comeuppance. No one's going to. It ends on him essentially thriving in this news environment, becoming more ingra- ingrained into this news environment. He knows everyone's name, and he's hiring, like, three more people. And he has the multi-van operation that Bill Paxson yeah. was popping off on. It ends with, like, three vans going yeah. out. And it's just... And, and oh, and he has, like, he, he names his company at one point. That was part of his demands also, was you have to be in a relationship with me. You have to tell me how these people are. You have to start using my name of my company. He has a plan. And it's insane that he gets away with it. There's something about this movie. I mean, this guy's a 10 on the asshole scale. 10. This is probably the most scuzzy feeling movie. It I'd is. rather hang out with the murderer from Sword of Doom. Yeah. I'd rather roll around in a car with Connie from Good Time. I mean, I'd be a little scared. But I'd rather do that. But I'd rather be with Connie. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely would rather hang out with Barry Lyndon. 1,000 Barry Lyndon over this yeah. guy. This guy could kill you on purpose. That's the difference. Like, sort of Doom's not going to kill you unless he's being paid to. Or it benefits him in or some way. Or it benefits way. him. Or you're an old man at a Buddhist temple. Yeah, he was just probably having a bad day that day. <laughs> um. So, so yeah, maybe you don't want to hang out with sort of Doom. But Connie's never going to hurt you as long as you're, like, nice to him. That's true. If you give him, regurgitate what he wants to yeah, hear. Yeah, this guy, if nothing's popping off that night, he might hit you with his car so he can video you getting hit with his car. Yeah, like, yeah. that's just what he's going to do. The, the the scuzziest movie this month so far, truly. And the fact that it ends in him even becoming more successful. Mm-hmm. Because it's established early on, like, he beats up a security guard at the early in the movie and steals his watch. Like... It's this isn't some guy who's just come from like it's established that he's a criminal. Yeah. And then you just watch this guy, this lunatic. And it's interesting because Riz Ahmed, when he thinks he's successfully negotiated with him, he starts to explain to him how you need to be mindful how you talk to people. You're you're very strange. You come off so cold. You're not you are not a people person. But that's also what pissed him off. And, the, and then at one point he says, when he's threatening him to get go get the shot, he's like, have you thought that maybe it's not so much that I'm not a people person? Not that I don't understand people. I just don't like them. Boy, 
the Jake Gyllenhaal play a real right scumbag. Yeah. In this movie. Like, this is, like, the filthiest movie. It is. So far. It is. Uh, it's very good. Yeah. It's very gross. And also just would like to just say, for the record, Renee Russo is hot as fuck. Oh, yeah. Renee Russo she really is, is so hot. <laughs> Straight up uh, Milfin Gilfin. Hell, yeah. You Milfin, you Gilfin this? What's Gilfin? Grandma. Oh. Do you know what a Dilf is? Dad? Yeah. Do you yeah. know what a good Gilf is? I guess granddad. Great grandfather. I'd like to fuck. <laughs> uh, we're gonna, you're going to give this one through five. We're going to give this one through five combined for best out of ten. Look, if we get a lot of A movies. I suspect this will be no less. What's this your is score? going to also be an A movie. What's your score? Four two five. Yeah, I'm going to match it. Four two five. So that's an eight point five. And we love Bill Paxton. We miss you, Bill Paxton. Yeah, man. It's good to see him. It was. I wanted more Bill Paxton. Yeah, but he right. But he did wonderfully. I'm going to put this movie on top of the 8.5. So Okay, yeah. Agree. Number 20 on our A tier so far between Mad God and Akira. Dan right. Gilroy's Nightcrawler. Fucked up movie. And not one we are likely to forget. And Kind of sitting between some fucked up movies, too. And that seems to be the pattern with this particular movie is that once you see it, it never really leaves you. So it, yeah. it's one that is kind of like a, a modern classic, one yes. that has left a cultural mark mm-hmm. for those who are interested in watching movies and films and such. And if you love a like a film noir, neo-noir, cr- crime dramas, yeah, uh, one of my favorite genres of movies. So Check it out. Check the show notes for links and other places to find us. What do you think about Nightcrawler? I'm sure... Do you have uh, as much praise as a lot of people do? Uh, Hit like and subscribe for more like this. More assholes for the rest of the month. And then we get into our Halloween Hump Fest next month, which is right around the corner. Every weekday, a drop. A horror movie. Every single weekday. All right. So? Death to all traitors. (laughs) 